the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Does tragedy point everyone to God? And then we talk to Dr. Robert Jeffers to talk about his new book, What Every Christian Should Know. You're listening to The Common Good. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Happy Wednesday. And Aubrey, that's the first time in 2023 I've been able to say that. Alongside Aubrey Sampson. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. It is good to be back and good to be back in the studio with you on this Wednesday. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I did a show by myself. I love doing it with Steve Koble yesterday, but... You're my partner. I'm like, so glad together. to hear you say that. Was, Steve's good. So I was afraid he was about to take my chair. Steve so, did a great job. Yeah, he really, really did good. a great job. But it's good to be back together again. Uh, glad to be with you today. Remember, if you have to miss any of our show, you can always get our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You can also find us online at 1160hope.com. And Aubrey, people can phone call us. They can call us. This is exciting because we haven't done phone calls in a long time. We but people want the- can call us. It is 2023. My New Year's resolution is to get more phone calls, less texts, more phone calls, right? <laughs> real conversations with real voices. I like so it. So here is our phone number. It is 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. You can call us for really any reason that we're talking about, but later on we're going to be talking about particular New Year's resolutions, right? Famous, well-known New Year's resolutions around the world. Traditions, traditions. around the world. I'm sorry, yes. New Year's traditions. Yes. And traditions we would love to hear some of yours. What do you do at New Year's? What makes New Year's important to you? So 312-660-2594. I would be remiss not to ask you, Christmas? You yeah, love Christmas. I you love, love New Year's. Christmas. Tell us, how was it for yeah, you? Yeah, we had a special Christmas morning with the boys. My, my oldest son... This is going to sound so funny. My oldest son, really, the only thing he asked for for Christmas was a life-size... I remember. How did it go? Life-size cutout of Dwayne Johnson. He was in hysterics, and then he made us do, like, a photo shoot. Like, we went outside (laughs) and took pictures and went up. And then, then, this is the funniest part, we have all been terrifying each other with it. So, like, I walked out of the bathroom, and it was right there, and I screamed. Or, like, they've been, the boys have been putting it in each other's beds and stuff like that. So, it's been a source of great entertainment. But then my parents came into town, and in your honor, Brian, I watched a whole lot of football, a whole lot more football you than did I text actually me with, wanted with to vid- watch. Visual evidence of you yes. watching football. Yeah, my mom is a huge football fan, so she was screaming and cheering, and I filmed some of it for you. But it I was appreciated a good, it. It was a good holiday. Lots of other things going on over the holiday that I'll talk about at some point. But in general, it's great to be with the family. I would like to, like. It's your genetic bloodlines. Why are you not a bigger football? So your mom actually, was going crazy. We talked about this a lot with my mom and dad because my sister is also not into football. But my mom, my mom does go crazy. She loves I it. I saw the video. She was like, would not go shopping with me because the games were starting. That's how much she loved. And so I, my a good dad. woman right there. My, <laughs> 
It's funny you say that because my dad kept saying, your mom's such a good woman. She'll, she'll watch a game with you. Where, how come, where, what went wrong with you and your sister? And I, I was like, it's both of your fault. That's you your did fault. not instill this in us. That's right. So this, you didn't make us watch the games. You didn't teach us. You didn't give us the love. And so it's on you. And so they laughed. I just kept blaming them the whole That's time. That's great. Well, yeah. we're glad. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. How was your, I know you probably talked about this, but I didn't hear. How great was your Christmas. Christmas. We didn't go anywhere. We stayed local. Wasn't my it daughter nice not is. not to go anywhere? It is. My daughter uh, is home still from Hope, from her college. Fine. And uh, so the whole family was together. And then uh, between Christmas Day and like Monday. So basically, I didn't. I didn't work at the radio or I did not work at the church. Like I shut it down. Nice. And so it was all family time Enjoyable. and just wonderful. Just a lot of fun. All right. I thought I thought long and hard about this, Aubrey. How do we kick off the new year for you, your new year? My to new you to be year. Here? Yes. You know what I decided? What's that? I'm going to make you mad. <gasps> I'm going to make you, you mad. You want to see angry Aubrey come back in 2023. Uh, right away. Okay. And it's coming. Wow. Okay. We're not messing around. Quote, unquote, go. ideal for the Patriots. Donald Trump Jr. promotes We the People Bible. No. Let me tell you a little bit about that. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is promoting the recently released We the People Bible marketed. The word marketing already causes me to have problems yep. with this Bible. Yep. As, quote, ideal for the patriots who believe, not the New England patriots, but we're talking patriots, <laughs> who believe it is I get time. That football there joke. you go. Who believe it is time to give America back to God. Hmm. A video of Trump Jr. promoting the Bible has gotten over 2 million views on Twitter as of this writing. He said, with American Judeo-Christian values under attack, there could be no better time than to re-up our commitment to America and to the Christian values that this country was founded on. You're going to love it, he said. I think the people in your life probably need it, too. So he goes on to talk about our faith being targeted and this and that. Okay. 2023, we're going to be less cynical, but I'm, go I'm going in. Are yeah. you ready? I want to hear it. The messaging <laughs> is okay. I don't agree with a lot of it. The whole, the, the language of we must take America back for God. I think that has some undertones to it that are, they're good, that are, that are not good. The marketing of Bibles. I know we have these throughout Christian bookstores. Sure, There's this sure. kind of Bible, that, but the one for Patriots feels really, uh, feels really this. I'm going to say it. I got a problem with the vessel here. The messenger. The messenger. <laughs> I got a problem the with the vessel. I, yeah. Can we can we talk about the hypocrisy of Donald Trump? And again, none of us are perfect. No. But Donald Trump Jr., who what just left his wife? I mean, like, and he's sitting not here just and living with somebody living in with this someone, that, yeah. and saying America's biblical values are under attack. Well, bro, like, live them out. It's this feels. Uh, I, I do, I'm not one who thinks our faith is just completely being targeted and our country's founding beliefs are being targeted as as this says. Uh, and you know how I feel when the Bible is the design on the cover is an American flag it's ridiculous. that he said, quote, it's a vertical reversed American flag design that represents a country in distress. No. Uh, and can I give you one more part of this? Yeah. You want another version of the Bible? <laughs> I'm at, let me. Can I guess? New King James or King James. Just the King James? No, no one's reading that. Because that is the tried and the true. Oh, is it? All right, so don't read ahead. Oh, wait, I got more for you. Oh, no. Including in the, included in the We the People Bible are copies of the Pledge of Allegiance, the Constitution, Stop. and the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. I'm all for those things. I don't need them in my Bible. No. I don't need them. Uh, it comes with a, a T-shirt <laughs> and a hat. Oh. And a coin. Oh. 
what do you think uh, it costs? Just the Bible, actually. What do you think just the Bible well, Bibles costs? Bibles are not cheap. And I'm going to guess if it comes with all these special little presents with it. I'm going to say. No, actually, it doesn't come with these things. Oh, it doesn't. No, these are also on the website. Oh, you could also buy a You could a also coin buy these things. But just the Bible itself uh, costs. $50. No. No. Guess where that money's probably going. Yeah, I can guess where that money's going. Aubrey, this is yeah, uh, we're we're not starting the year off well here because we have a an increase of these patriotism bibles that people may be like, "What? Don't you I love America." Absolutely. There's no place else that I want to live. Absolutely. But We've talked about this over and over and over again. We, the church, not the country, the church are getting ourselves in so much trouble by just this melding together and never more so than here a Patriots Bible that is part Bible, part founding documents, part Pledge of Allegiance, mm. part T-shirt and hat, mm. all for, oh, this is just dangerous. I, I, You and I are joking about it, but I really believe this kind of stuff is increasingly dangerous. I think it is. Very dangerous. And I also think, like, this is insulting to Bible readers to Mm -hmm. me. Like, do not, like, if you read the Bible, you understand that this is not an American story. It's not that Americans don't follow Jesus and love Jesus. Like, of course, the Lord wanted his gospel to spread throughout the world. But to package it in this patriotism is pure idolatry. It is so evil. And it's so insulting. Like, I... It actually makes me mad, too, that it's Donald Trump Jr., because I want to say to people, like, whoever promoted made this Bible is insulting you and believing that you're just going to fall for this little lie, hook, line, and sinker. You're going to spend your money, and all you're doing is giving to some weird, weird entanglement of patriotism and Bible. And again, I love America, but my... uh, my allegiance is to the kingdom of God. Yep. And I think this is where this is. So this is this is idolatry. Like this should make you mad. There, there's, there's another Bible out right now called the American Patriots Bible. Also uses the New King James Version. It includes pictures and articles intended to demonstrate, quote, how the history of the U.S. connects the people and events of the Bible no. to our lives in the modern world. You it's might remember good theology in March either. of 2021, a bunch of people stood up and criticized and stopped the God bless the USA Bible. I like was this remembering is, that. You might yeah. think we're being overreactive about it. We are not. In fact, we probably shouldn't be joking about this yeah. because this is a serious deal. I think it is. Serious. Guys, love your country. Vote. Be involved. Yes. Love Jesus primarily, but don't intertwine the two in the fact of saying, well, they are the same thing. They are not. And now that we're doing this with our Bibles, this is this is dangerous. It really Mm -hmm. is. It is like you said, it's blasphemous. Ah, That's the word I was looking for. I wasn't. Dangerous didn't feel right to me. This is idolatry. This is blasphemy. Mm -hmm. And we've got to go back to getting this correct and not, oh, we have to reclaim this and we've got to drape this in the flag and this. No, King Jesus is our Lord. And this is. That's right. Oh, this is this is something this is disturbing. Is oh, man, is. I wanted to start with you this way. This yeah. is good. This wow. is good. I'm so glad we're kicking off the new year like this, Brian. There this you go. Very, very. That fun. is it. The We the People Bible. Aubrey, we are thrilled to be joined by a teammate here. So excited about this. Yes. On AM 1160. His name is Dr. Robert Jeffress. He's a senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas. And he also you can hear him on Pathway to Victory every weekday at 830 a.m. as well as 430 p.m. on on Saturdays, 
right here on AM 1160. But we're here to talk to Dr. Jeffers about his new book, What Every Christian Should Know. Dr. Jeffers, how are you doing today? Doing great, Brian. Great to be with you and Aubrey. Yeah, it's so glad to have you with us. Mm-hmm. And congratulations on the new book, which just came out yesterday. Why don't you tell us just the heart behind this book, What Every Christian Should Know. What's what's the, po- the point of it, and, and why did you even decide to write this book? You know, every poll that is being taken among Christians show that every year fewer and fewer Christians embrace some of the most basic teachings of the Bible Mm. about God the Father, about salvation, about the Holy Spirit, uh, about sin, and so forth. And I believe the reason there are fewer Christians embracing these core beliefs is they're not hearing them taught Mm. in the pulpit. And so I wrote this book, What Every Christian Should Know, to identify the ten key pillars of the Christian faith that support historic Christianity. And uh, every chapter is uh, begins with what every Christian should know, first of all, about the Bible, about God the Father, about sin, about salvation, and so forth. It's going back to the basics hmm. and showing why those basics still matter today. Hmm. Oh, it's so good. Again, the title of your brand new book is What Every Christian Should Know, 10 Core Beliefs for Standing Strong in a Shifting World. Um, I know you just unpacked what some of those core beliefs are, but Dr. Jeffers, if you don't mind, pick one for us and tell us what your readers could find in the book on that topic. Well, you know, if uh, people were going to identify the most important core belief of the church, people would be would think that I would start with what the Bible says about Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because after all, he's the rock of our faith. Uh, everything revolves around Jesus, and yet Jesus isn't the first chapter of this book. It's what every Christian should know about the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible is the core foundation. The fact is, we would know very little of Jesus Christ outside the Bible. Oh, yeah, there's some references to him and some secular manuscripts, but we would know nothing about his deity. We would know nothing about his death on the cross for our sins. We'd know nothing about his resurrection were it not for the Bible. And so, you know, I start with the Bible and why we can trust it today. You know, Eve uh, was tempted by the serpent. The very first question he asked her was, has God really said? And today people are questioning the authority of God's word. Does the Bible really say there's only one way to heaven? Does the Bible really say there's a hell which you're destined to apart from faith in Christ? And so I think we need to start with that basic belief about can we believe the Bible? And that's what the first chapter of this book, What Every Christian Should Know, is about. Oh, it's great. Again, the book is called What Every Christian Should Know, 10 Core Beliefs for Standing Strong in a Shifting World. Dr. Jeffers, uh, we don't live necessarily in a culture, even a church culture, that likes to talk about sin. So it's <laughs> it's interesting that one of your chapters is on sin. Uh, why? Help our people understand why that's one of the main core beliefs that you wanted to talk about. Well, very simply, what you believe about sin determines what you believe about salvation. Mm. If you don't understand the bad news, you can't appreciate the good news. Now, there are many people who say, well, yeah, human beings aren't perfect, we're flawed, we're defective. No, the Bible is much harder about it. The Bible says we are spiritually dead because of sin, and we are deserving of an eternal separation from God. And we are born that way. We're not born friends of God or children of God. We're born enemies of God, the book of Romans says. 
and only when there is some dramatic event in our life, our placing our faith in Christ and Jesus Christ does our status change uh, from being enemies of God to being his friends, from being slaves to being children of God. Mm. And so that's why I spent a chapter talking about what the Bible really teaches about sin. You know, what's interesting to me is it feels like this should be a book for non-Christians. And certainly <laughs> I know we want non-Christians to read it so that they come to faith in Christ. But you're saying, look, even Christians who follow Jesus don't know some of this basic core theology or doctrine. Has that always been a passion for you to um, help Christians understand some of these core truths? Absolutely. I mean, Ephesians 4 says the duty of the church is to equip the saints for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Our main purpose as a church is to give Christians the spiritual ammunition they need, the spiritual supplies to go out and share the gospel with others. But you can't give away what you don't possess. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to get Christians grounded. And by the way, there's also a brand new study guide that goes along with this book what every Christian should know, that people can order as well. We already have people telling us they're using it for their small group Bible studies, 10 weeks, 10 sessions, or their Sunday school class. It'd be a great curriculum for Christians. Yeah, as a pastor, I know we're always looking for stuff for small groups and for classes, so that'd be wonderful. Again, it's called What Every Christian Should Know, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Uh, And Dr. Jeffress, you mentioned this at the very beginning. You, You kind of hinted at the fact that, like, uh, churches aren't teaching these things anymore. We've kind of lost our way a little bit. Kind of step back and tell us, why do you think that is? Why are we not seeing these foundations taught as much or as frequently within our churches? Well, I think we've gotten things reversed. You know, Jesus said you're to be salt in the world, but if the salt loses its saltiness, it becomes worthless. Uh, the Bible says we have been left here as Christians to change the world, to make the world more godly, and yet we think our job is to become more like the world in some uh, uh, mistaken uh, attempt to win people to Christ. We mm. think, well, if we won't speak about sin, if we won't say that there's only one way to salvation, if we'll become more like the world, we can win the world. No, we become like that worthless salt that is good for nothing, Jesus mm. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's so insightful. Um, Dr. Jeffress, one of the things that your book is described as is if you're someone who bristles at Christian cliches, this book is for you. And I I really caught on to that because I feel like I'm one of those people. I just sort of <laughs> cringe when like those little pithy sayings are used. Tell me why that felt important to you to include. Well, I think, again, we use cliches and really don't understand what we're saying. And I wrote this book, What Every Christian Should Know, uh, to, to boldly proclaim what the Bible teaches about these ten areas, but to do so in a way that's fresh and a applicable to everyday life. And so that's uh, that's the purpose of the book, and uh, it's nearly 300 pages in length, but it's a book that uh, really speaks to people of all ages. And I would say, by the way, it's a great gift to mm. give somebody, maybe a student who's going off to college yeah. and whose faith is going to be bombarded. That's great. Uh, again, this is Dr. Robert Jeffers. You can hear him each day, each weekday at 8.30 a.m. here on AM 1160 and also 4.30 p.m. on Saturdays. His new book that he just released is called What Every Christian Should Know. And Dr. Jeffers, uh, you've been involved in the church for a long time. You have a great passion for the church. We like to ask people this question. As we go into the new year, uh, we see all of this stuff going on um, 
you know, you wrote this book for a very specific reason. Are you hopeful for the church? Do you see good things ahead for the church, or kind of how are you seeing the American church right now? Well, I think the church is uh, declining. Uh, Our church is not declining, but I see many churches declining. They're becoming more like the world, but God always has his remnant. And Mm -hmm. our strength as a church is not in numbers, but it's in our fidelity to the inerrant word of God. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the the short-term focus forecast for the church, I think is going to be some rough waters coming. Mm -hmm. I believe persecution is coming to the church in America. I think it's going to thin out the ranks. But again, that can be a good thing, Mm -hmm. because uh, the church has been effective, usually when it's been a minority rather than a majority. Mm -hmm. Again, the book is called What Every Christian Should Know. Just came out yesterday, so you could pick that up. Also, if you're you know a leader in a church and you're looking for a small group curriculum, there's a study guide that yeah. goes along with it. What every Christian should know. That author is Dr. Robert Jeffers. You can also hear Dr. Jeffers in Pathway to Victory every weekday at 8:30 a.m. and on Saturdays at 4:30 p.m. right here on AM 1160. Uh, Dr. Jeffers, it is always our pleasure to have mm-hmm. you on the show. Thanks for spending yeah, some time with you. us today. Well, thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Brian, I know we've been doing a lot of reflecting on the new year, but one thing that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about is the most significant religion stories of 2022. Do any come to mind without looking when I say that? I have, uh, I am confident that number one is going to be the overturning of Roe versus Absolutely. Wade. Absolutely. And you you are 100% correct. Number one, the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. I mean, that's of the last decade the biggest story, yeah. I think. I mean, that is a it was huge, cataclysmic. Yes. huge, and continues to be. It mm-hmm. continues to be uh, one of the days you weren't here that earlier this week I showed a tweet or I read a tweet from Planned Parenthood. Uh, that simply said, uh, abortion is health care. Or no, self-care. Abortion is self-care. No. Like this this is a moving target that's mm. going to keep being wow. front burner. But yeah, the, wow. the spark took place this year when the, when the yeah, Supreme Court took absolutely. its uh, Do took you have its guesses step. on number two? You wouldn't necessarily think it's religion news, but it's Ooh. certainly global news. Well, I would not have guessed this until how you just couched that. But I'm going to guess that it is the war in the Ukraine. Yeah, Russia invading Ukraine is the second biggest piece of religion news. And a lot of it because uh, Putin cited some spiritual and cultural imperialism in order to, like, justify the war. So that's why it became religion news. But, um, man, that conflict is going on and it continues. on yeah. and on. Yeah. yeah, so devastating. Okay, number three. I don't think you'll guess this, so I'll go ahead and share it. Anti-Semitic attacks Hmm. and rhetoric continue to mount. I'm over at religionnews.com. They say two years, two weeks into the new year, an armed British Muslim entered Congregation Beth Israel, a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, held its rabbi and three other hostage for 11 hours. That incident was the latest to rock American Jews who have watched as anti-Jewish conspiracies stemming back to the Charlottesville and 2018 massacre at Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue Mm. have gained footholds across the country. And then, of course, things more recently, Kanye West saying anti-Semitic rhetoric, a few other statements that were horrific being said online. So that's a big a big story of 2022. This is something we talk about a lot on the show. Number four. Yeah. Somewhere in here is going to be the concept 
of Christian nationalism. That is number four. Yes! Christian oh, family feud, I'm winning, I'm winning. Woo-hoo! Christian nationalism pushes into the political mainstream as the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection approached, which, by the way, that's coming in just a couple days that's right. on my anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Experts were concerned the attack on the Capitol had encouraged Christian nationalist ideas, not only amongst extremist groups, extremist groups, but also members of Congress and political Mm. moderates. So, yeah, that's wild to me that that's in the news because you and I talk about it so consistently. Like, I don't know. Obviously, for some reason, it's so normalized. It doesn't seem newsworthy or something. So let me ask you a question. This might take us off a little bit, but. Christianity Today ran a very similar, they ran their top 10 stories. Oh, they did, uh, of the year. Right before the new year. Uh, and people are having an interesting discussion about it because of their top 10 stories, like seven or so were like... Pastors? Pastors falling. I knew you were going to say that. And, or Hillsong, or, you know, yeah. the Matt Chandler story, I think, was their number one story. No way. So they weren't, like, they weren't making, like, we believe this. This is the number one stories that... Were the most read or most, most read. shared right, or whatever. Right. Most hits. Uh, yeah. And so it was just a reflection of it. But there became this a little bit of a debate, and it got me thinking about, you know, the stuff we talk about of, have we reached the point where organizations like Christianity Today and others aren't just reporting these things, but they know that it's good for business and they're, Mm. they're, um, it's almost a people magazine ish type of thing. Yeah. Almost like the Roy's report where she's like dredging up. And so it becomes like a, um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. If we're pushing these stories of pastor X falling or this, because we know it's going to get clicks we're going to get more of those stories, but more so people are going to start thinking this is all that the church is. Yeah. And therefore, I don't want, you know, are, are we hurting the church mm. or are we just reporting what's happening in the church? Does that make sense? I don't yeah, know what I think, I think about that because I think p- places like Christianity Today and other places need to look themselves in the mirror and ask, are we helping the situation by, obviously, you don't want to hide these stories. No, you can't hide them. But. Are there other avenues that they can be going that would highlight more of the good stuff the church right. is doing? And obviously, right. Christian Today, other places do do they that. They do that. But if most of their top stories are those terrible stories. And they're a, they're a for-profit place yeah. that needs to get clicks and this and that. Yeah. What is it that is probably going to be featured in their stories? Right. And what is the result on the church? I think it's an interesting thing to wrestle with. It's an interesting thing for us to wrestle with when we go, what do we talk about? It is an interesting thing to wrestle with. And it's interesting, too, to even think about that those were the most popular stories. Mm-hmm. What does that say about the things we want to consume or the, yeah, the Matt Chandler one, which even wasn't a fall. I mean, it was kind of like, he was just kind of sat down for a while. And this, that uh, was the number one story of the year. Most clicked on story. Yeah. It is interesting because you're right. You don't want to, certainly we don't want to cover up, hide, et cetera. But at what point are we like hurting the church more than helping the church? That's right. Where's when, when does the, when can the pendulum swing the other way? If, if it can, I don't know. I think it's a, it's you and I have talked about, about. you and I have talked about what we have uh, deemed uh, Christian TMZ. Right. And I think there's, there's a, there's somewhere, there's a fine line between reporting the stories Mm -hmm. that need to be reported and getting them out there, getting them into the light so that people know these things are going on. I, no part of me is like, oh, we need to start hiding these things, but versus 
creating a culture where these are the things that people want and this is what and it's pushing people away from the church because now they're assuming that all churches all pastors are like this yes there's some fine line there that i don't know that we have struck yet no and and sometimes i know i've said this before so i'm just repeating myself but it just feels like some of these sites or people or reporters hate the church sometimes it does feel that way and they're people from the church and i don't how to strike that balance i don't think you are you or I are saying we have an answer. How do you like call the church to be her best self, mm-hmm. call her to task, but still have love for her and affection for her? And I think these are these will be inter- interesting conversations to grapple with over the next few years. Um, okay, a few more incredible articles of the year or important religion articles for 2022. Pope Francis travels to Canada to apologize for mistreatment Ooh, of I indigenous that story. people. I remember forgot that? about that, was that story. In March. Yeah. He went to hear accounts of historic abuse in church-run residential schools in Canada. And he, uh, Pope Francis, announced he would go on a journey of reconciliation. That was great. Uh, Number eight, LGBTQ faculty and students take a claim on some religious campuses. We covered some of those stories. Calvin College was one of those. Nine, this is a big one, Brian. Southern Baptist Convention confronts its history of sexual abuse. I'm surprised that that's only nine. I'm surprised that's only nine, too. Okay. And number 10... Big and small U.S. religious groups welcome a tide of refugees. Oh, interesting. Glad to see that that was in the news. This one, I didn't even hear this story. Um, Number 11, Bhutanese Buddhist leader ordains 144 women monks, female monks. Monks. Yeah. Is the the female version of monk still monk? I have no idea. It says female monks. Okay. uh, At a monastery in a tiny Himalayan country of Bhutan. Interesting, right? Nice. Okay. So those are your uh, top, top, as we say goodbye to 2022, top stories of the new year. It is the end of the show. We made it. So glad we did it. It's dark out. It's all this, but it's the new year, right? Like it's uh, we we got through our first Wednesday show, and if I must say so, pretty good. Pretty good job. We did a good job. Way to go. Gold stars for us. Your first time back in 2020. It's your first 2023 show. It is my first 2023 show. That's kind of wild. Thank you, Brian. Good job. Thank you. I I (laughs) actually feel like I deserve that. So thank you. you. Accomplished something. Yes, I do feel like I accomplished something. Well, at the end of every show, we love to bring you something that'll either challenge you spiritually or get you thinking or put a smile on your face. And there's a uh, Instagram site that I follow called Raised Instagram site, Instagram page, Instagram profile page. Yeah. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. Anyway, it's called Raised to Stay. They're talking about a few things we need to stop doing as church leaders. Brian, and I know mm. that not all of you are church leaders out there, but you're probably part of a church. If not, you should consider being a part of a church. But especially after the past year, how painful it has been when we hear stories about pastor abuse or just being mistreated. These are some tips uh, for church leaders around creating a better space for people to be able to talk about harmful leadership. So one is one thing that the church leaders need to stop doing is verbally processing church hurt with the (laughs) wrong people that can easily easily become gossip divisive harmful and cannot bring necessary change for us. We can look like the problem while trying to expose the problem. This is a tricky one. Don't you think? Because I feel like as a pastor, you sort of want to be like, yeah, but this person hurt me or they, 
did this, but and you want to like kind of get people on your side and know the injustice yes. you've experienced, but really you just can't do that as a church leader. Notice it doesn't say don't verbally process church hurt. Yeah. It says with the wrong people. Right. That implies that there are right people. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to find. You got to find your right people. Mm-hmm. I know the people that I can go to. It's why I'm part of a pastor's group. I told you of pastors yeah. who know they could care less about my church, right. to be honest with you. They right. care about me. And so right. I can vent to them. I've got other friends that I can vent to. Um, generally speaking, Aubrey, those people are not going to be in your church. I was literally just thinking that generally speaking, they're not in your church. Maybe a staff member who's like your equal partner, but probably it's a pastor or a church leader from another church that you have a good, safe relationship with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here's the next one. Something church leaders should stop doing in the new year. Shut down the evangelical game of telephone. It never ends with the real story. Yes. Yeah. Unpack that. It's it's gossip. I mean, this is just, we have a way of doing this in the church. And uh, Aubrey, one of the, one of the, I use the word best in air quotes. One of the best ways we've done this over the years is the, uh, is the prayer chain. I was just thinking that. Yep. I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting all prayer chains do this. I'm all for prayer. A lot of, but a lot of times it was like, how do I find out the information? And now we still do that, whether it's not, it might not be on the phone. It might be in other ways, but yeah, this is just a definition of gossip. It's the telephone game of, oh, so-and-so did this or so-and-so said this, go to the source or just shut it down. Oh, I I don't want to hear this if they're not going to tell me whatever else it might be. Gossip will, the book of James talks about it in your family in your business, but also in your church, yeah. gossip will destroy. It will light a fire to it, right? The uh, tongue is a small spark. It will light a fire. Oh, man. And I think, uh, I'll just be honest, I gossip in the name of venting. I just mm-hmm. need to vent about this. And so it feels like, oh, it's just therapeutic, but yep. it's wrong. It's it's evil. It's sin. All right. The church needs and should endorse licensed counselors, professional spiritual directors, human resources and mentors for their staff. I think that's a healthy step for all churches. This leaders. feels really healthy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's ways you can do that without that. That probably sounds expensive to some people. Yeah, and there's right, ways that you can budget for it, but there's probably free um, resources mm-hmm. out there as well. Mm-hmm. But I think we're a lot better these days at discussing mental health issues. You and I talk about burnout on here yep. all the time. Yep. How do we protect the pastors and the staff members? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one way to do so. I would suggest if you own a business, this would be also a good way to yeah, go. Yeah, that's true, actually. All right, here's another one. We need professionals who aren't on the church staff with us, who are legally bound to confidentiality, who can pray us through, provide wise counsel, and advise next steps without an agenda, bias, or relationship with those who might be abusing or hurting us. That goes back a little bit to what we talked about earlier, which was, you know, know who you can talk to or who you shouldn't. Yeah. The interesting part of this is legally bound to confidentiality. Yeah. That is more of a professional that you're. That's true. That so, is like a lawyer. Because you do need people that you can talk to and stuff. But I, I mean, that jumped out to me. I don't have people. I don't I don't have anybody. You don't have like a lawyer that you could call or who whatever. Who isn't yeah. on my church staff and who's legally I have people I could call for advice sure. for this. But that phrase, who are legally bound to confidentiality, that's the one I gotta chew on. I don't have that. Yeah, I don't think Kevin or I have that either. So yeah. I mean we we do have some lawyer friends, I suppose, but that's different than like someone you've got the church yep. has ready. Yep. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um 
uh, use your voice, they say. What if they won't listen? People will listen. Don't be afraid to speak up. Use your voice. Document everything. So this is for people who are maybe the recipients of abuse or bad behavior, or perhaps mm-hmm. as a church leader, if you're being accused of something, document everything. Yeah, speaking up is hard in life yeah. in general. What oh, The status yes, quo is. is always easier. We've all dealt with stuff. I've totally. dealt with it at my church. I've dealt with it totally. through family stuff where you go, I wish I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Man, my life was a lot easier before I was told mm-hmm. that. And then your temptation is, so therefore, just going to keep that to myself. Yeah. And that always ends poorly uh, for the person so who true. has been abused, but also for you as a leader. You yeah. will. Uh, I can't. You know, we've we've done those stories of people who didn't abuse anybody, but also didn't report the abuse and they lost their jobs, too. Yep. They say keep good notes, document conversations, meetings or interactions that have concerned you, specific statements, threats or comments. If you're going to HR, journaling can help document your emotions or feelings in the moment that might help you, your counselor or spiritual director guide your time together. They also say be specific and say it to the strength that you feel it. Emotions aren't wrong. God has given us professionals to help us in hard mm. seasons and help us navigate feelings, discernment, and work environment. The church should be a transparent and provide HR representation to their employees as a form of protection for all. When we talk to the wrong people, it can cause more confusion. The point is, church leaders, church staff should have an HR person that yeah. people can go to. I don't know if a lot of churches do unless they're a no. big church. All this costs money. That becomes yeah. the difficulty. Yeah. So part yeah. of this might be needing to get creative. Hey, lawyer friend, or hey, mm-hmm. lawyer, is there, can we work out a deal? Yeah. Are you doing pro bono work? Sometimes lawyers have to do pro bono right. work. Could you to come do, do for stuff. Our I just find it interesting that this, this organization that is writing this called Raise to Stay uh, is encouraging people to stay in the church, not through yeah. abuse and through this, but. Right. Encouraging people not to run away from yeah. the church. That's what I think gives them some legs in this. this yeah, is what that's makes actually this what I appreciate about them is they're not uh, they're not running from the hard things, but they are encouraging people not to just run away from the church. The last thing they say that kind of sums up all of this, one thing that church leaders need to get better at in 2023, the church needs processes and professionals as partners in pastoring those who are pastoring. A lot of peas there. But I do think that's true, that pastors need professionals to partner with that's us right. as we pastor so anyway good good tips for 2023 for the church well brian and i will be back again tomorrow no we won't it's friday no, no it's wednesday. today's wednesday you are I, off brian it's i don't even year. know what's happening we with are me. gonna be here tomorrow we will be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m as <laughs> usual if you want to think of it as today is friday i affirm you or maybe i was kind of Enjoy wishing saturday tomorrow <laughs> thank you <laughs> you'll be here by yourself because yeah, i'll be seriously. thinking this weekend no we'll be back tomorrow on thursday from 4 to 6 p.m for brian from i'm aubrey Samson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.